Ashton here with Love Life and Disability. And welcome back to another episode of Love Life and Disability with me, Kay Ashton. And today I'm joined by a previous colleague of mine, John. So John, welcome. It's been forever. It's so good to, to be on your show, Kay. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, it's it's my pleasure. So like we go back absolutely years. So we used to work together and I think we had a we had a ball. It was pretty it was pretty really? cool. Absolutely. No, those are the good times back in the day. <laughs> I, I miss those days. I, yeah. I really do. But, oh, so you know, do, do. <laughs> we're both in obviously very different places now. And John himself is also a podcaster. So John has the podcast, which is um, Different Minds. Yep. And it's neurodiversity based. Yep. And John is neurodiverse himself. I wouldn't, it's interesting, isn't it? I guess we all are neurodiverse in one sense. And actually, um, I guess when you're referring to, you know, someone that perhaps is a neurodivergent, then then you'd be mm-hmm. talking about someone that's autistic or, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I, I identify as a neurotypical. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, but I guess like, as you say, you know, neurodiversity is a term and, you know, everyone is neurodiverse in that sense. But uh, but I guess I wouldn't describe myself as a, a neurodivergent, if, you know, but obviously yeah. all, all these things are, are just labels at the end of the day. And that's interesting that you say that about like labels and words, because yeah. there are lots of words out there. So if we're to take neurodivergent, for example, a yep. lot of people who are neurodivergent with um, maybe like autism, Asperger's, dyslexia, don't actually yep. classify themselves as having a disability. For example, yep. it's I'm just neurodivergent. I'm not dis- I'm not disabled. Yeah. And it's really interesting how people um, perceive words. And even though obviously like Equality Acts, it would be recognised as a disability. Even yep. similar with like HIV, it's yep. it's a disability, but people don't see it as that. Yeah, it's such a good point because language is constantly evolving, isn't it? And, and, and you know, it's, uh, it's changing on a weekly basis. And sometimes people are afraid in terms of they don't want to offend anyone or upset anyone by the language that they use. And, you know, essentially, you know, language will continue to develop, you know, and you know, these are... And I guess it's we're in a society where people can self-identify, and you know, um, and that and that's ultimately a, a good thing. But also, you talked about disability there, and you know, the autism. You know, let's talk about autism because essentially, yeah. you know, autism is, you know, often in society we've seen autism, as you say, as a disability, as something that needs to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like the, the, the medical model of disability, which means that as a society, we need to we need to help people that are disabled. We need to we need to offer them support and treat them. Where actually we're going towards a, there's a big shift in society now, where we're going to a more social model of disability, where yeah. where actually you know it's more about what society can do as a whole to to support people that are neurodivergent and it's not something that needs to be treated or fixed. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And I feel like as well, COVID has really helped out a lot in getting disability on the agenda. And of course, as recently, Elon Musk has also basically said in one of his first interviews that, you know, he's Asperger's. And yeah. it, it's great that we are getting people whom people can look up to 
I'm yeah. basically saying, yeah, hey, I've got it. But, you know, it's look, look at what he has achieved. Yeah, absolutely. It hasn't held him back. Yeah, I mean, that was a massive news, wasn't it? Last week uh, in, in, in May when Elon Musk came out as, you know, that he has Asperger's, obviously a term that is still used in America. And, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's great that we have role models. And, you know, and also I think it's, it's important to say that, you know, um, the thing about autism is it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have people that are on one end of the spectrum that have got high support needs and that are non-verbal. And at the other end of the spectrum, you've got autistic people that are, you know, autistic advocates, maybe like Ellen Musk, that are you know, able to articulate and, 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 and talk about what it's like to be them. And I think it's important to remember that this, this is a spectrum yeah. and, uh, you know, everyone's got a unique and a, and a personal experience and, and not everyone is verbal. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, but that's, you know, I think, it's, I think it's important to kind of, to remember that this is a spectrum and that, you know, one person's perspective on autism is maybe completely different to a, another person's perspective. Yeah. Totally agree. And touching upon that with like autism as well, is you know I've come across so many um as I guess they would also say themselves is where it's like high functioning yeah. where they're like super super intelligent and it's like wow or where they memorize detail and it's that level of stuff and because of their autism you know they've, they've been able to do that and it it's absolutely in- incredible and as you say you know you've got different spectrums so I have come across people super intelligent but they're also mute they they can't talk they're non-verbal and you may get a day once in a blue moon where they're, they're able to express words and it, it's amazing the spectrum but I think that's again again you know like with a lot of disabilities once you meet somebody with one disability um let's say in a wheelchair the the yeah. universal symbol of course yeah that's that's one person they yeah. may work they may not work and yeah, I think society, a lot of the time, will put them labels on people that yeah, we can't do yeah, things. Absolutely. And it's trying to look at the positivity of what we can do as opposed to what we yeah. can't do. Yeah, absolutely. I think you made a really good point there. And I want to go back to it because since we were talking about language, so often even words like high functioning and low functioning, yeah. I guess the society, we're, we're going away from using words like that as well because ultimately, you know, if someone has, you know, that, that, that term, let's take a look at the term high-functioning autism. It suggests that, 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 that people are high-functioning and actually, you know, they do, often people that are referred to as high-functioning do have, you know, they do need support. They do struggle on a daily basis. Yeah. And, the, you know, the terms, in terms of the language that we're using now, it's kind of, you know, people with autism with high or low support needs is, is kind of the terminology that we're using now as, as opposed to talking about whether someone's functioning or not. So you can see that, again, that's just another example of yeah. how language is constantly evolving. And do you think with language continuously evolving that it's always going to be literally education nonstop for people because it is always adapting and, it, you know, some of these stuff are happening, you know, not like every single day or anything, but there could yeah. be in some cases, but yeah. it's happening a fair, a fair bit is... Yeah. Do you think sometimes that's why society sometimes don't know how to interact or what to say because one minute this term's okay, but then yeah. several months later 
they will use that same term and people are like, dude, that's certainly out of fashion. Now you can't be using that. You shouldn't be saying it. Yeah, yeah. And no, I think you're right. I think it's uh, people who are scared of offending people. And I think you have to, most people don't want to offend or insult people. They just want to try and, and I think it's important that we shouldn't shy away from talking about these issues <laughs> like you and I are doing. And it's only by doing that that we can break down some of the misconceptions and the stigma uh, around neurodiversity, essentially. And also, um, you know, you talked about, um, you know, uh, yeah, someone with superpowers as well. And it's interesting because I'm um, bringing out a future podcast on my Different Minds podcast series that looks at kind of media representation of uh, neurodivergent individuals. And often in the media, if you see an autistic person in the media, they're either a, a superhuman that's got these super skills and super intelligent or they, they are someone with high support needs yeah. that are non-verbal. It's either one extreme or the other. But they can and, be both. Yes, yes. And, and that's the thing, you know, the media often portray very stereotypical views, yeah. as, as you know, Kay. And, you know, I'm really passionate about working with the media to, you know, make sure that we portray, you know, all sorts of disabilities on screen. And also... Totally make sure that people you know on the spectrum are part of the the focus groups are part of the they need the, to be in the conversations exactly how to be how to be represented as well yeah, exactly. it's one question that i've always thought is obviously like dyslexia for example it's a hidden disability is how would you look to portray dys dyslexia on tv without probably saying um I don't know if they're asked to read something as part of their character. Oh, yeah. I can't read that. I have dyslexia. Or maybe the colours and stuff. It's how could you portray dyslexia on screen? That is such a good point. And, and last week I was interviewing Adam Frost. He's a, he presents Gardener's World for the BBC. And he's got dyslex, dyslexia. And, you know, he was saying often, as you, you know, it's phrased as a negative thing. And, you know, it's um, a positive. I, and it's a positive. Makes and us he, so creative. Yeah. And he was saying, you're so spot on, Kay, because he was saying that's enabled him to be such a creative gardener because of his the fact that he's got dyslexia and it's given him so many strengths. And that's the reason, one of the reasons he's doing so well in his career. And I think, you know, we should focus on the, on the positives rather than the yeah. negatives. Yeah. Totally agree. But yeah. like, let's say somebody was in EastEnders. Yeah and the character was to have a hidden disability, like yeah. dyslexia, how could the character portray that? I think it, 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 it's a good point. And you know what, to be fair on the media, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, the, the, the media get persecuted mm -hmm. or for whatever they do. And I think it's difficult because, you know, there is every, as we just said, no one is the same and no. disability is a very personal thing. And I think what, whatever the media do, they, they, they often people criticize them. And ultimately you can't portray ev everything in the media. Yeah. We can't, you know, so th th you have to have that understanding that, you know, the media can't portray every single person on the spectrum because we are all so different. But yeah. I think as, as you said before, it's about involving people in the conversation uh, from the very beginning, making them part of the production, you know, and, and, and letting them sort of, you know, come up with the, the, the ideas for representation. I also interviewed, mm -hmm. 
I also interviewed Christopher Eccleston recently from okay. uh, Sol from Salford, and we I interviewed him about um, the A Word, which was on BBC One, which is a, an autism drama. Yeah, love that drama. It was great, wasn't it? It was brilliant, and I think Christopher Eccleston. They really worked so with the cast and the crew. Yeah, and yeah. they were fantastic. Yeah, and you know there were there were people with Down syndrome, actors in, in that drama, and people with autism. Yeah. But there was criticism, Kay, because the main, uh, it's, it's about, for, for anyone that's not seen it, it's about a little boy with autism. And it's about how his family come to terms with the fact that he has, he, he receives an autism diagnosis. But the little boy was, um, you know, he's neurotypical, you know, in, in real life. And there was criticism that, you know, why are you using neurotypicals to, to play autistic characters? You know, but, and you could, there's arguments for and against that. And, you know, that's the whole point of acting, isn't it? That you, you put yourself in someone else's shoes. But I do think, having said that though, I do think the BBC and other media organisations need to be more inclusive, mm -hmm. need to be more flexible with their filming schedules so that, that, that people, neurodivergent individuals can be more represented on screen. Yeah, and I think that is, you know, if you was to get a job and you've got a disability, you'd have a reasonable adjustment in place. Yeah. End of line. You know, yeah. we need to be seeing these reasonable adjustments brought in into film, into sets on how yeah. things are going to be met. If we're to take casualty, for example, yeah. I will know that let's not take casualty, let's take Hollyoaks. Yeah. So in Hollyoaks, um, <laughs> we've got, um, you know, the, the, the lady and she's got um, autism. And Hollyoaks give autism awareness training to the whole yeah. of the crew, the whole of the cast, yeah. to help them out. That was part of their reasonable adjustments, and they know how to engage, how, yeah. how to work, and educate. Yeah. Moving it back to casualty, you've got Gabrielle Leon, um, yeah. who, who is profoundly deaf. They yeah. taught people basic sign language, so the camera crew will basically use sign language, such as camera, rehearsal, yeah. recording, Yes. So then she knows when to come on and when to leave and what specifically yes. she is doing, depending yeah. on her environment. Yeah. And you make those adjustments because you kind of have to, but yeah. it's you, you, we don't see it all the time and it does need to be improved. Absolutely. And like, take, for example, you know, um, one of the arguments for, for the A word was that, you know, perhaps the filming schedule would be too hectic for a, a young boy with autism. And that's why they decided to go with a, a neurotypical. And actually, I don't think that argument particularly stands up because, you know, as you said, well, we'll, we'll make the film schedule more flexible so that we can accommodate yeah. people's needs, essentially. Yeah. So what would you say the difference is between neurotypical, just for us and our audience? Because just going on sideways tracks sometimes, a lot, again, a lot of people kick off in the media whereby you'll get somebody that's not disabled playing a disabled character, yeah. or maybe the incorrect disabilities sometimes where, where they've got a disability, but it's not that specific disability that they're portraying is, would you say this is what people are trying to state with the neurotypical side of things? Oh, they're not autistic. Like, what is neurotypical known as? So I think it's all about power, uh, essentially. And, you know, it's, I think things are changing, but it's it kind of like with most things in life, it's, it, it, it's, it's about who holds the power, uh, essentially. And, 
you know, I think it's about, you know, changing that narrative. And often it's, you know, in the past, it's been neurotypical people that have been devising, you know, um, kind of the diagnosis criteria for neurodivergence. And you know, as, as, as you just said before, it's about involving neurodivergence in the conversation from the beginning. In, in the same way that, you know, the media, you know, I think the media is becoming more diverse now and we are, we're having a more broader range of people working in the media. And, and it's only by involving them and, and actually allowing them to produce content that we become more, we, we, we become more representative as, a, as an organization. And, 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 you know, and I think that's ultimately the way that we need to go. And I think that our understanding of disabilities is, is getting better people like, like you and I were having this conversation yeah. now, people, people are talking more and realizing that it's actually okay to be different and we should be celebrating our, our strengths and not just focusing on, on the weaknesses, yeah. It, for me, I guess it's kind of like a squat analysis. It's, you know, you've got your strengths, you've got your opportunities and really yeah. play, to, play, play to your weaknesses. You know, you yeah. can easily make them into strengths or look at your threats, what's going on out there and your opportunities. Yeah. And you know it's like we're both podcasters we're both doing disability subjects you know we're not really a threat to each other but people could say you are because it's two disabled podcasts and well disabilities and in in one space some people would argue but at the same time no we've both got different content and it's out there to support each other and drive that conversation forward definitely and you know what kate you know i set up this podcast because you know i I may not be neurodivergent, but I, you know, I'm I'm from a working class background, and you know, in Yorkshire, and I, I know what it's like to be different, and 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 you know, and I think it's about celebrating that difference, and you know, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I try and provide a platform for for conversation, a safe space for people to talk about what it's like to be them, and. You know, I've been lucky to interview people like Chris Packham, the, the television presenter, and he talked to me about his Asperger's. And there's, there's, there's some incredible people out there. They've got such amazing stories to tell. But it's about it's about changing the conversation and 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 you know and, and not seeing disability as something that needs to be treated essentially. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just some. I always say it's like look at the ability. So it's yeah. like crossing out of the dis. It's look at look at the ability of everything yeah. that we can do and offer. Yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. definitely looking at the positives. So what's yeah. next with you and your podcasts at at the moment? Like who's who's coming up? Who's been your best person so far that you've interviewed? And I guess oh. what's one of the most biggest thing you've learned? Yeah, so, um, wow, I've had so many interesting people on my podcast, but they're probably one of them that s- stood out the most was Temple Grandin. Have you heard of Temple Grandin? No. So Temple Grandin is, wow, where do you start? There was a Hollywood film made about her uh, 10 years ago, and she is an autistic individual uh, in America, and she's a scientist, and um, she basically was one of the first people in the 70s and 80s to kind of almost become like an autism advocate and she would speak out about what it's like to be to be her and to be different and what it's like to be built in a world that's not built for you and she she challenged all those conceptions she went on to get a phd 
She's now a professor. Wow. She's now a top government consultant in the US of A. She travels the world giving talks, you know, and, you know, that's not bad for someone that was written off, you know, at an yeah. early age for being disabled. You know, she was nonverbal to the age of four. And she just, she would, she would, she turned that round into a positive. And she's just an absolute uh, trailblazer, to be honest. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I, if you get chance, Kay, to listen to that, I think you would uh, really enjoy it. Yeah. No, definitely. I do like listening to the podcast. So I need Thank to you. listen to more and more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, in terms of what's coming up, there's so many um, people that I want to speak to. And there was an also a lady in America called Johnson, this um, this black autism advocate, and she's very passionate about talking about intersectionality. So important. Yeah, and you know, I, I, and again, my podcast is about breaking down some of these complicated terms, like what is intersectionality? And she was talking about being a, a marginalized individual because she's black but also she's even more of a marginalized individual because she's a, she's an autistic female. Yeah. And you know, the, she was saying how the police treat her differently in America because of her, the fact that she's got autism and the fact that she's black. So this is where intersectionality is where all those aspects c come together essentially. Yeah. It's so, so important because a lot of people won't realize that, you know, that they can be, um, across different things so if you're yeah. to like I don't know like staff networks at places of work and stuff you could fall into yeah. more than one category you yeah. could be LGBTQ plus yeah. and have a disability and be yeah. a woman in technology and yeah. also then be, be right you could be yeah. across so many different things but yeah. these conversations the thing is we all need to come together to have these chats because because we are in our own marginalized groups and because we can cross over we should yeah. be there to support each other and get these messages out there and get people talking yeah absolutely that's such a spot on Kay there yet again and yeah, i couldn't agree with you more and I, you know and i think you know things are going in the right direction but there is there's, there's there's still a lot of work to do and actually let's just look at you know let's go back to autism again and if you look if you look or being diagnosed as autistic is a privilege it's yeah. often a privilege that is only offered to white middle-class people. You know, that's, that's the reality of it. You know, and if you're, for, if you're black or if you're from a working class background or if you're female, you, you, you probably wouldn't get picked up as easily to be, you know, to have a diagnosis in the first yeah. place. So these are, these, you know, we need, to, we need to have conversations about this ultimately. Because mm -hmm. as you speak there about the diagnosis and stuff, I know a lot of people at the moment are self-diagnosing themselves yeah. or they're actually paying to go private because they just want to know. And yeah. apparently, you know, I know people now they're in the 30s and they haven't got a diagnosis. Some people are in the 40s and they're kind of like, I totally represent with, with autism. I, I totally am. And... Yeah they're all self-diagnosing themselves until they can get um a paid because the waiting list here in england especially yeah. is just so long for people to get treated yeah yeah absolutely and as you as you say Kay, you know a lot of people in the uk in their 40s and 50s are now being diagnosed with autism for the first time and this is completely new because like 20 30 years ago it was only a 
young kids that were autistic. We didn't think that adults could actually have autism. And then came along the Rain Man in 1989 with Dustin Hoffman and you know, that changed everything. And you know, people talk about, oh, the Rain Man, it was so stereotypical. You know, it had a superhero, genius, savant type person in it, but actually it got the conversation going. And mm -hmm. in the eighties, that, that was what our understanding of autism was. And as we say again, you know, it's it's the media that that does yeah. this. But you know, we we both like media. Is what's one what's one thing if you could change something today, if you had the power, if you, if you was I don't know, let's just say DG of a company uh, like that did media. What yeah. would what would be the one thing you would want to change about representation of, let's say, either neurodivergent or disabilities within the media? Wow. Um, I, I think it's going back to what we said earlier, Kay, to be honest. And I think it's, um, you know, um, basically, um, you know, as we said, involving neurodivergence in the conversation right from day one. And I would want to see, you know, I'm passionate about celebrating difference and also having people working in media from from you know less privileged backgrounds, whoever whoever you are, disabled, black, white, neurodivergent, neurotypical, straight or gay, or you know, whoever you are, and I think it's about you know um, getting more representation in 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 media production, and that's the only way we're going to get we're going to start seeing things differently mm -hmm. represented on screen. Totally agree. So we need to be representing our audiences, and if we yeah. don't represent our audience on the inside, yeah. then we can't represent it on screen. And if right. you always do the same thing, then yeah. the same thing doesn't change. Like if you always have the, that same, I know people love to work together and you've, you've got a fantastic crew and you're all working on, I don't know, the latest program. Yeah. And then they always like, oh, see you in six weeks, for like series two, it's the same group. Again, it's the same group of ideas. It's that same education, that same knit type group. Great, you're making great content, but you're getting no fresh ideas and you're getting no diversity to that content. So you're always going to be producing the same thing. Exactly. It's not rocket science, is it? No. Absolutely. Not to us anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we think differently. <laughs> yeah, maybe we do. Yeah, maybe we do. But also, you know, I think... You know there are steps in the right direction and there's a new documentary coming out and it's, it's got a cinema release on the 18th of june of june this year okay. called the reason i jump mm -hmm. and is a it's been nominated for all sorts of awards in america and it was at the sundance festival okay and basically it's groundbreaking as in it's about and um, you know people all over the world with autism and you know they, they talk about what it's like to be them and sometimes you know it, we they feature non-verbal people so we hear from a a, a parent that, that talks about what it's like for them to have that condition and you know for the first time on screen it's it, it's an absolute it's a game changer because it's the first time that you know, uh, a, a, a almost like a Hollywood film is, is coming out to, a, to a, a UK nationwide cinema release. And basically autistic people are, are, are producing the film, they are in the film, and the narrative has completely changed. It's about wow. celebrating who they are. It's basically going back to that social model of disability rather than look at us, aren't we 
you should feel sorry for me because I've yeah. got a disability. And I think, um, you know, and this is an exclusive case, but I, I've got an interview um, with the directors of the film coming out on wow. my podcast. And, you know, I think it's going to be a game changer. So I'm really excited about that. No, I've just made a note of it. So I'll go check that out and get it, get it, get it ready for when it comes out. So it's pretty cool that you've got an interview, though, with the director. I can't wait can't wait to hear that and thank you for, for your exclusives but I've made a note there about the reason I jump and I'm sure me and my dad will be heading to the cinema as soon as yeah. we can to no, see I'd that love, yeah I'd love to hear what you think of that Kay that would be brilliant yeah definitely but speaking about content you know we have touched upon the A word in which BBC done now whilst I was at the accessibility summit for Microsoft this year I heard about the Crip camp so that's meant to be a disabled revolution and it's a groundbreaking summer camp where a group of teens with disabilities helped build movement, forging a new path towards greater equality. Yeah. And that's come out on um, Netflix last year. And yeah. yeah, I didn't know if you've heard about it before. I've kind of heard of similar sort of stuff in the past, but hadn't yeah. really heard about this one. I haven't heard of that one, but I, I will be looking out for that. Is that on Netflix, did you say? Yeah, so it came out on Netflix last year. Right, amazing, amazing. I know there are other really interesting dramas on Netflix so you've got Atypical as well um, mm -hmm. is about yeah, an autistic young young person and again you know the autistic people have been involved in writing the scripts and everything yeah, so that was really good that one yeah definitely yeah so I, I think we are you know as we were saying me, the media is definitely evolving and changing but there's still a fair bit of work to do I think yeah no, I, to I totally agree. You know, more. I think more needs to be done, but it it's not a case of I guess more needs to be done. It needs to be continuously being done because everything's yeah. going to be always adapting. Language is always going to be in, being adapted. Yeah. It's like yeah. quite often back in the day when I used to do a lot of interviews for the papers or on air at like different radio stations, and e even friends still today they'll go, oh, oh yeah, okay, she suffers with this, and I might live. I live with like yeah, right guys. It's about the, the language, isn't it, that we use? Yeah. Yeah, but again, I think when I was speaking to one of my colleagues who who's um, basically profoundly deaf, she was saying to me the biggest thing for her. Well, there's a few things she was basically saying. Ask, don't assume what my label is. Don't assume I can't talk because yeah. she can hear very very well. Yeah, she yeah. says, ask how you want me to communicate. Yeah. You know, is it, do I need closed captions in a meeting? Do I yeah. need a BSL interpreter? Can I, yeah. can I just lip read? It's yeah. don't say, um, like, um, I'm hard of hearing or um, hearing yeah. impaired. She's, or, you know, this or it's that. It's yeah. ask the person how they identify. Yeah, absolutely. And what yeah. language, because if you're, again, to take, let's say, my own disability, is I say that I live with it. But then yeah. if you're to speak to some of my friends that have my disability as well, they will say they suffer with it. And yeah. they'll go, no, I do suffer with it. I can't work. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm yeah. homebound. I, I suffer with the condition. Yeah. And again, I think it, it can be a mindset, but I think that's where sometimes media can trip up and go wrong because they might speak to a load of people which are cool using the word living and then yeah. they get off track yeah. because someone says suffering. But I think it's important that people ask how they want to be identified. Absolutely, you're right. It goes back to what we said. People don't want to offend you. People don't want, no. people want to try and help and don't be afraid to, to ask. And you know, it, 
that's the only way that we're going to have a you know change things is by having an open conversation about things isn't it yeah yeah and as we see you know by us two doing what we're doing in our spaces i think it's i think it's really important but where yeah. where can people go to find out more about your podcast as well yeah sure so um literally if you just type in the different minds podcasts on google um i'm available on all the podcast platforms as i'm sure you are as well okay <laughs> apple spotify google anchor fm so yeah you know um i love i love your listeners to to come and listen to a few of my episodes but can i just say Kay, i think your you know your podcast is absolutely amazing and you've had some really interesting guests and I think what you're doing is so inspirational and you're an example of, you know, um, you know, creating a, a, a space for, for people to talk about what it's like to be them. And yeah. I think that's such a, a powerful thing that you are that you are doing, essentially. Yeah. It's just, I guess, trying to trying to change people's perception as well. And, you know, it's, we are all human. We all have different experiences. Yeah. And as we've discussed today with um, like autism, for example, I've interviewed a lot of people with autism so far, but yeah. none of their journeys are the same. They're all different. Yeah. 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 And Absolutely. it's so important to get that message across to people. Yeah. And ultimately, we're all human, you know, and, mm. you know, we're all different. We come in all different shapes and sizes. Some of us think differently than others. And and that's okay and it's it okay to be different and you know and the people we've all got our different strengths and that's what we should be focusing on and you know i think in the future you know it's so fascinating in terms of where we're where we're going to go in 10 20 years times and i think some of the labels like even the label autism some people that have suggested to me you know high up in academia and, and, and that are involved in science and research saying, will the name autism actually mean anything in 10, 20 years no. time? Well, my, my name of my condition has already changed since yep. I've been born. When yep. I was born, it was known as Van, I can't pronounce it, but here we go. Van Rechtklinkinson's disease is wow. what it was known as. And now yep. it's neurofibromatosis. They still go for a stupid long word, like <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, don't get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, th yeah, they've already changed the name of mine. And since I've been born, they've yeah. now found another... I'm going to say the word variant because there's now a yeah. neurofibromatosis type 6. Yeah, right. Growing up, I was only aware that there's a 1 and a 2. But yeah. now there's yeah. apparently a type 6. Yeah, yeah. You know, it constantly changes and evolves, doesn't yeah. it? And um, yeah, that that's kind of the... You know, I think it's interesting where we're going in 10, 20 years' time and... You're moving away from that medical model of disability that it, that it's something yeah. that needs to be treated essentially yeah and it might become like i don't know more of like a social norm where everything's just accepted maybe we yeah. don't have labels but i think it's as our generations are being brought up into this world yeah uh, you know it's people are adapting with the times yeah. and changing because that's what they're going to be learning at school uh, yeah. when they grow up growing up and yeah yeah um, late into life. yeah and as our understanding of these conditions gets better, then of course that's gonna that's gonna help everyone out going forward, isn't it? And just to go back on a point that we were talking about uh, when you get diagnosed earlier, and it's even really interesting to look at the actual diagnosis process mm -hmm. because it was very male orientated and it was that designed almost to to identify autistic male individuals. 
and a lot of females were getting missed off the diagnosis because the actual diagnosis procedure was missing you know um that the female people with autism and essentially you know it autism presents itself very differently in females as, 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 as opposed to men and yet the diagnosis procedure was very focused on diagnosing autism in men but now we know that that that, that women can have autism too and, it, and it's presented in a completely different way but the, and no wonder that it was only men that were getting diagnosed with autism because the the, the, the way it was designed was to only pick up it's like it was built for that way yeah so you know even the actual diagnose diagnostic procedure was biased from from day one you know there's quite a lot of unconscious bias as well within yeah. the world and again yeah. i think if we can tap into that and sort out things around unconscious bias then you know yeah. we, we can start to shape and move society forward but yeah. it's only by people having these conversations yeah. and it's as i say to people i don't care if only one person listens to my podcast because right. that one person might have that conversation yeah. with someone else and then it's that domino um thing there where people can then start a conversation absolutely absolutely and i'll tell you this as well Kate. when i first started my podcast i was interviewing this uh, this young guy in america and he has a, he identifies as having asperger's and I must admit, I had my own, I was quite judgmental. I had my own preconceived ideas of maybe this guy's going to be quite manipulative because he's got Asperger's. And, you know, I've been on my own journey of actually not being so judgmental with other people. And, and I came with all these preconceived ideas of what it's like to have this condition and this condition. And I realized that, wow, I got it so wrong. And, you know, it, it, it's only by having that conversation that I've educated myself. And I hope that, that, that people that have been listening to my podcast have been on a similar journey too. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think it's about the education and the willing to learn. Yeah. And correcting ourselves as well when yeah. things go wrong so that we know for next time. Or again, it's, as we said before, it's, it's asking yeah. If, yeah. if you're not sure. Because it's yeah. like, again, if I'm to use the DDF out of hearing community, is I've spoken to one person and she would say, I'm hearing impaired. Yeah. Because I can't hear, I'm hearing impaired. But then yeah. you ask somebody else and they'll go, I hate that term. I, yeah. I'm not hearing impaired. I just can't hear. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. again, it's, I think it's one of those, you, you bite your tongue because it's kind of just like, well, which word do I go for? Yeah, and then again, it, it's about, it's about asking. Yeah. 100%, 100%, yeah. <laughs> and you're on Instagram as well? Yes, yeah. So and people can find you there? Just different minds on Instagram, on, on something old school called Facebook as well. What's um, that? And, <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, YouTube as well. There's a different minds YouTube channel, but it's not as, um, it's not as good as yours, Kay. I've got to say that. No, it, it will get there, mate. I'm sure, I'm sure it's good. It's just good to give people a different offering and yeah, definitely, yeah, help definitely. people out. Yeah, because my mum my prefers to look at people's facial expressions so then she can yeah. get really into it. Yeah. And if I use one of my friends, Tracy, for example, she said she's never once listened to a podcast because they're not made for her because, because she's deaf. 
And I'm kind yeah. of like, oh, well, I had subtitles to mine to make them accessible. Oh, I didn't know podcasts could do that. So I was like, oh, you yeah. could watch on YouTube because yeah. then you can follow along with my yeah. lips. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a good that, alternative offering. That's such a good point. And again, I was interviewing someone with Asperger's in, in Australia and she was saying um, how she found it very difficult to take part in a podcast with actually when she wasn't able to see the other person and see their facial expressions and she wanted to make eye contact with the uh, the person that was doing the interviewing mm -hmm. so I think you're right I think video is really important yeah it can also help as well as I, I used to do when presenting for UK Health Radio and right. I love doing it but my problem is a lot of it was always re well remote remote in yeah. it was over the phone yeah. um people didn't go on camera back then yeah so yeah. then it was kind of like you're waiting for the gaps to know when yeah. to talk. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's kind of, oh, I can go now. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, kind of, yeah. it, it's kind of I've, I've got a, This is the first, you know, I'm normally doing the interviewing like you, but and I've, I've been on a few other podcasts before, but this is the first podcast I've done on a video. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's a first for me today, Kay. So I'm, I'm honored <laughs> to do it. I'm honored to do it on Love, Life and Disability oh thank you well we're honored to actually have you and it's just so cool to just like catch up and then hopefully soon enough we can actually meet for a brew yeah, somewhere definitely like go for like a yorkshire tea i don't know and you're, you're, we do honestly, know yorkshire has the best tea right <laughs> thank you thank you so much you know you know often <laughs> life has got ups and downs but all you need sometimes is a good old cup of yorkshire tea and that's definitely. all you need in life that's all you need in life sometimes, isn't it? None of this, none of this Lancashire tea business. No, not, none of that. RPG tips. Just get a good old Yorkshire brew in you and you'll be fine. I, yeah, this is the BBC in me that there are other brands available, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Yorkshire tea for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Needs must. Yeah, well, thank you so much, John. Um, like I said, hopefully we'll be in person soon. I hope so. And honestly, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you today, Kay. And yeah, just, just keep up the good work with your amazing podcast. Thank you. No, and you too, because, you know, like I say, even if however many people listen, hopefully we can just keep changing society. And without people like ourselves trying to talk and educate people, you know, we're just going to keep doing the same things and we oh. need to change the agenda. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.